0: You know what will draw us together? It's what's spoken here. You all behind that idea? Yeah. All right. Because here's the thing. That idea is absolutely true. It's our salvation, and it's our biggest challenge, right? So let's be honest about that. To, to love, and to love each and every one, no matter what, is our greatest challenge. And it will be what will reveal heaven here on earth, which is what our daily word spoke about today, right? So fortunately, here at Unity, we come together, we gather each week, and we share tools and ideas so that we can live these teachings that we know. And so we are in our beginning of our fall book study, and we are reading for our fall book this year, excuse me, What God Said by Neil Donald Walsh. So how many of you are familiar with and have read some of uh, the Conversation with God book from Neil Donald Walsh. Yeah, lots of people here have. So this particular book takes the 25 core messages from those Conversation with God books and puts them forth for us to consider. And while we don't have the opportunity to go through everything in this book, we have chosen out the seven that we think really speaks to us about these core ideas. And today, we're starting with our first core message, and here it is. Let there be a new gospel for all the people of the earth. You ready? We are all one. Ours is not a better way, ours is merely another way. Let there be a new gospel. Now, I'm looking out here. I'm seeing you all just there. You're looking at me. Isn't that exciting? I mean, it's a new gospel. We are all one, right? So let's let's take a look at that for a moment. Let there be a new gospel. Who knows what the word gospel means? Good news, right? So the gospel is the good news. Here is our good news. We are all one. It's also our biggest challenge, right? But we are all one. This is what it tells us. We are all one. In fact, Neil Donald Walsh, Tells us that all of the great spiritual teachers that have walked our earth have told us this. You know, that God is one and that we are all one. So I wanted to share with you some of the sacred scriptures that are out there that support that idea. For example, from Hinduism, from the Bhagavad Gita As men approach me, so I receive them. All paths, Arjuna. Lead to me. From Confucianism. Confucius said, in the world there are many different roads, but the destination is the same. There are a hundred deliberations, but the result is one. From Jainism. At any time, in any form, and accepted name, if one is shorn of all attachments, that one is you alone, my Lord. You are one, although variously appearing. From Sikhism, some call on the Lord Rama. Some cry kuda. Some bow to him as Gosain, some as Allah. He is called the ground of grounds and also the bountiful, the compassionate One, the gracious. Hindus bathe in holy water for his sake and Muslims make pilgrimages to Mecca. The Hindus perform puja. Others bow their heads in namaz. There are those who read the Vedas, and others, Christians, Jews, Muslims, who read the Semitic scriptures. Some wear blue, some white robes. Some call them Muslims, others Hindus. Some aspire to Vahisat, which is the Muslim heaven, and some to Swarga, which is the Hindu heaven. Whoever realizes the will of the Lord, he will find out the Lord's secret. We could go on and on. But the sacred scriptures tell us over and over and over again that there are many paths to the top of the mountain. And we are all encouraged to find our path. As Neil Donald Wall says, ours is not a better way. Ours is merely Another way. Neil goes on to tell us in this particular chapter about this idea that God is everything. Right? So, who knows our first unity principle? There is one presence and one power. God, the good, omnipotent. You all know that, right? One presence and one power. God, the good omnipotence. In fact, it is the only power in the universe. However, that's not necessarily what we have been taught. Neil tells us in his book that we have this idea that God is everything, but that which created everything is nonetheless separate from everything. We have this idea the you and I and others have been separated from God. Now let me ask you the question. Where is the one place that you can separate your, yourself from God? There's only one place. In your mind. In the thoughts that you hold. In reality, there is no way that you can separate yourself from the only power and the only presence in my life, in your life, in the universe, God, the good, omnipotence. We cannot separate ourselves from that. In reality, we can only think that we are separate from that. And unfortunately, that that thinking comes from what we've been taught. So many of us have been taught that we are separated from God and this idea of Sinfulness, right, of original sin. We've been taught that we have been born in original sin, that we are less than, that we are unworthy, that we are unholy in our physicality, that we are separate from all that is. Now, unity does not teach that. And you might be asking, well, this question of original sin, is there some kind of scriptural basis for it? Where where did this idea of original sin come from? So I want to share with you where it comes from within scripture. The book of Psalms were written as hymns, and they were written by who? Does anybody know? David. Yes, by King David. Now, you might recall that King David is a very important figure in Jewish history because it is from the lineage of King David that our Messiah, our Savior, will come. And so we we connect. Jesus with that lineage, right? But we also know that King David was far from a perfect ruler, far from a, a perfect human being, right? You'll recall that King David, standing on the on the rooftop, looking out over another rooftop, saw Bathsheba and desired her, wanted her, took her, impregnated her. Doesn't sound like A leader that we would want in place, right? But we're often told this is proof that God can use anyone. Look, God can use King David. This is true. King David went on to, in the war, have her husband killed, murdered, so that he could have Bathsheba to himself. Now, the thing about King David, though, is that he felt it within himself that he was wrong, that he had done wrong, That he needed to um, have contrition for that which he had done. And he wrote his psalms from this place. They always begin the psalms from this place of this upset that he feels within himself knowing that he has made this mistake, that he has done these things that are wrong. And it is in that perspective that we come to the 51st psalm, which is the psalm that will be pointed to, as um, evidence that we are born in original sin. So here is David, feeling this upset, feeling the wrong that he's done, beginning his psalm as he does all of his psalms from that place. He says, "'Have mercy on me, O God. According to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away my iniquity, cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Now here it is. Surely I was sinful at birth. Sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet. You desired faithfulness even in the womb and you taught me wisdom in that secret place. And it is there that in the the human consciousness was planted this idea that we were sinful within our mother's womb. Therefore, we must have been born in this place of original sin and we begin to see ourselves and one another from that place of sinfulness. Now, did David say in there that everyone was sinful now everyone was born in this sin anybody hear that no no and in fact by the end of the psalm and this is what the psalms do they start in this place of despair and desperation and then they end with the coming around to truth and so what David says by the end of the psalm is creating me a clean heart oh God creating a clean heart. In other words, help me to see and eyes that are not from this place of separation, of limitation, of unworthiness, create in me a clean heart. Here's the good news, friends. We are all one with that power and that presence that is divine. We are born from that place of original blessing. We are each a unique and divine expression of God, and we are all called to see that divinity within each other. Good news! That's it's hard, isn't it? I don't know about you and your life, but I can so easily forget, as I'm looking at someone with whom I don't agree, or that it's taken action that I cannot be in alignment with, I can easily look at them and say, well, I don't know if you're there, God. I know you're in me, but I don't know if you're there. Anybody got someone in your life that you have trouble seeing that about? We are all one. Good news. Is there anybody in your life that you don't want to be one with? I take that to be a yes. <laughs> right? This is the, both the good news and our challenge. We are all one and the way through it is to love one another like Eric sung about. It's our great salvation and our greatest challenge. Now, thank you God for unity in my life. You all, I trust are saying thank you God for unity in your life because this is what we are encouraged to know and to hold and to practice with one another. And so our fifth unity principle tells us what? We've got to put it into action, right? It's not enough to know these things. It's not enough to sit in here on Sunday and, and have our hearts swell with these words of these songs that make me feel so good. And then to walk through those doors and to forget To once more put on eyes of unworthiness and sinfulness and original sin and see one another, ourselves and one another, from that place. We must practice. We must practice knowing what Neil Donald Walsh tells us here. There is only oneness and we are one with one another. And the good news is that God is also one with all of us. We cannot separate ourselves from that power and that presence that is God. We have every opportunity to take and integrate our spiritual self with our physical self. Neil says we've been taught that they are two separate things. They are not two separate things, they are one. And as I begin to see myself from that place of my spiritual nature, I give myself permission to see you from that same spiritual nature. We are one. This is good news, people. Can you catch it? Yeah. And then there's our challenge. And we forget. We forget that the God that is of my being, the God of your being, the God of each religion's being, that oneness that is the truth of all of us. We forget that it is in each and every one of us waiting there to be used by us, right? And and I might, in my own forgetfulness, think that I am not worthy of that love. You might be sitting here thinking you're not worthy of that love. You might be thinking there's no way that I can experience that presence and power of God in my life. Do you know what I've done? But we need to remember that the actions that we take do not truly impact the truth of what we are. The two can be separated. And whatever actions you take Do do not take away from the fact that you are one with that divine power and presence that is God. Can you accept that for yourself? And once you're able to accept that for yourself, can you accept that for whoever you've created as the other in your life? That, That God that is oneness, that is us, that is you and I, and that love and that intelligence and that grace, is also the foundation and the reality of everybody in our world. It is as available for me as it is for the Dalai Lama. Can you accept that? It is as available for me and the Dalai Lama as it is for those who are in our prisons, who have taken actions that have caused them to be put away, right? It is as much within the one who was abused as it is in the abuser. It is as much present and available in the woman or the man to whom um, they th- who have experienced sexual assault as it is among the man or the woman that committed that sexual assault, right? It is as much within the one that is accusing a a sexual assault and the one who is um, um, falsely accusing, right? I mean, it's in it all. It's within the, uh, the, the Congress people that are in Washington, and it's within those children in Norwalk today that we are supporting and loving. It is within all, everywhere. So bring to your mind right here, right now, where have you over these past few days, created this idea, well, it's in everyone, but maybe not so much there. Do you have that one? And this is both our salvation and our challenge. We get to take a look at where have I said, well, God is in all, we are all one, but not so much there. And practice and practice. And so that's why we have our practice each and every week. And we have a practice on the back of your bulletin today. I'm going to invite you to, to pull your bulletin out for a moment. On our bulletins this week and throughout our fall program, we have, first of all, our questions for discussion. If you are participating in a small group, These are the questions that you'll be getting together and discussing with others. If you're not in a small group, you've got the questions. You could journal on them yourself, or you could have a conversation with a friend about them. But explore these ideas, the idea that I don't own the truth, that our truth here in Unity may not be the truth that other people resonate with, and that doesn't mean we're wrong, and that doesn't mean they're wrong. It means there are many pathways up the mountaintop. Thank you, God, you found your way. Thank you, God, I found my way. Now, how does each of our ways invite us to create the kingdom of heaven here on earth, right? So our practice is to consider the statement, I can understand how you could feel that way. Bring to mind, right here, right now, somebody that in the past week, You wanted to dig your heels in. You wanted to say, no, you need to see it my way. No, I've got the right answer. Let me tell you the way it ought to be. Anybody have an experience like that this past week? I mean, I did, right? Somebody said, man, Joanne, you're on fire. That's because this is so alive for me right now. We want to make this one right and this one wrong, but that will not bring us together and heal this world and create the kingdom of heaven here on earth. We are all one. I want to live from that place. So I don't have to agree with you. You don't have to agree with me, but can we understand one another? Can we create the slightest opening to understand one another? Are you willing to engage in a conversation that even if you don't get what they're saying that you say please share some more so that I can understand where you're coming from. And then can we do that, not that we have to change anybody's mind, but that all we need to do is change our own mind so that we can understand from that perspective. I can understand how you could feel that way. Imagine that person that you wanted to leave out this week. Imagine if you had instead approached them with an open heart with that love that Eric sang about, with this idea that we all love so much that we are one, but not that it's just an idea in our mind that we really don't practice, but with an idea that I am willing to be transformed in this moment, so tell me more, because I want to understand how you can feel that way. Now, that doesn't mean that we have to agree with the person. Neil says it's not about agreeing with one another. It's about helping each one to feel heard, to be respected, to come together in this place of oneness. Are you all willing to practice that with me this week? That first unity principle tells us that God is the only power and the only presence in my life and in the universe. Too often, when we have people that we disagree with, we blind ourselves from seeing the good that is within them. If you want to come back to this idea that there's only oneness, then be willing to see the good in everyone. Because if God is in everyone, is there not good in everyone? And when we are willing to open our mind even the time, to see one little piece of good within everyone. Look, none of us is completely good all the time. I know I'm not. But there's good in me, and there's good in you. And when we are willing to crack ourselves open to see just a little sliver of that good, God will use us and expand us so that we can see more and more and more good in this world. So tell me more. Help me to understand how you could feel that way. And thank you for sharing. And let that be enough. Together, together, we can heal this division, this polarity, this us versus them mentality and come back to what the spiritual teachers have been telling us throughout time. There is only oneness. There is only oneness.